Hello San Pedro Podcast, episode 77. Hey, I'm Amanda. And I'm Jess. And this is the Hello San Pedro Podcast. Join us as we talk with locals, community leaders, business owners, and people like us who love all things San Pedro. Every week, we'll explore San Pedro's deeply rooted culture, discuss local issues, and spread good vibes. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Hello San Pedro podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Amanda Silva. Uh, Today's episode will be the final in our series on small pop-up vendors within the San Pedro community. Um, We will have one in a month or so, but until then, we will explore new subjects and different guests. Um, So today's guest is so amazing, incredible, inspiring, and she's just an all-around wonderful human being. Um, So we hope you enjoy this episode as much as we've enjoyed our conversation with her. Um, Just a heads up, we do face some technical difficulties during the recording of this episode. Um, So while we do have the majority of the interview, unfortunately, that very last part at the end was lost. So if this episode doesn't sound like it was completely finished, that's why. Um, But we hope you enjoy it regardless, and we'll go ahead and let her introduce herself. Hi, I'm Kelly Main, and I'm the owner and operator of Common Soul Collective with my daughters, Alyssa and Emma. Thank you. Thank you. And so before we get into Common Soul Collective, which we have so many questions about, um, I always like to kind of start kind of back. I like to take it way back. So whatever you're comfortable sharing, but I'd like to hear about, you know, your upbringing. And so did you grow up in San Pedro? I I grew up here. I've been here since I was two years old. So um, I was born on the East Coast in Maryland, and my mom was a very young mother. She was 16 when she had me, and my biological father was 14, if you can believe that or not. What? Um, (laughs) And, you know, young lovers, but they didn't stay together, and I've never really known him. Um, And that's okay. My mom came here. You know, she really needed a change from uh, back east, and she always wanted to come to California, and she came here, and my grandmother, you know, swiftly brought me out here to be with her, and I've been here since I was two. Wow. So, yeah. That's incredible. And when you were here when you were two, do you have any, like, memories of what San Pedro was like in your early childhood? Well, we lived um, across the street from Point Furman Park in a yellow and white apartment building that is still there. I know which one. And I remember the landlord's name was Mr. Savar. (laughs) And his whole family (laughs) lived in the building. And then my mom's husband, who ended up adopting me and raising me, um, he lived upstairs. So they moved in together. And then all his besties lived on that top floor. So I I remember that vividly. And I had a a really sweet little best friend that lived next door to me. Her name was Rashonda. She was my first best friend and we played together all the time. We were always going to the park and it was great. How sweet. How great to be able to just like walk over to the park, you know? I think I know exactly which apartment you're talking about and it's directly across the street, right? Oh my gosh. Do you feel very connected to that part of town? Um, yeah, I do. In fact, we just moved from, well, we moved in December from 9th Street. Um, we were there for 15 years, and now we're over on um, in Whiskey Flats and 31st oh, yeah. and Carolina. So mm-hmm. it's nice to kind of be in back in that area. I feel like my people are there. I kind yeah. of consider myself 
very hippy dippy and yeah. you know it feels like going back to where you're used to yeah I was gonna really laid back so I was gonna say I love that whole area right by uh whiskey flats that's such a cool little like spot yeah I love that area when we were looking we definitely looked at a lot of open houses over there it is beautiful Mm -hmm. my very first apartment as like a single working girl um I mean I technically had a boyfriend but like you know my very own grown-up apartment was right there on 39th or no, actually it was right where you go down to Cabrillo beach. And I love that. I love that area. And Mm. I think my goal is just to kind of get back there. Yeah. Well, I could tell you 15 years of living on, you know, right below Weymouth on ninth street, the hottest part of town, you know, if not over by Taper Avenue School, that's much hotter. Yes. But um, this is so much nicer. Yeah. Just the breeze you is wonderful. You could open the window and yes. it's like you always have yeah. a breeze. I yeah. remember is that. There, is there such a thing as microclimates within San Pedro where it's like certain areas are cooler and other areas are hotter? Oh, yeah. yeah? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I because think so. that was like one thing in San Francisco. You could be like, you know, 10 minutes away and it's like super cold. You feel like it's like, winter and then you go 10 minutes in and then it's like summer and everyone's like in bathing suits <laughs> i mean i think Standing. that we have really dense neighborhoods but then there's like pockets where it's like you know it's right there on the ocean breeze and you're there exposed to that breeze right and mm. then there's some that are kind of more low and you don't get as much cross breeze you yeah. know and plus also the trees there's so many gorgeous trees in that area i just feel like in the point firm area in yeah. general it creates more shade oh, and yeah, it, it keeps it cooler. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> absolutely. Um, any specific memories you have growing up in Pedro? Um, I remember my, the first elementary school I went to is just now right around the corner from my house, Point Furman Elementary. And, um, I had the best kindergarten teacher, Miss Clark. She was just the best. I remember running around on that playground and now it's kind of fun to walk by there with champ my dog and see my niece running auntie auntie Aww. you know she wants to show all her friends the dog and this is champ he's not mean he's really nice you know? <laughs> and, um, it's oh, just it's so it feels good yeah, yeah. It's good yeah. yeah what made her be such because I remember my kindergarten teacher she was like my favorite I think her and my fifth grade teacher were my favorites but she was a strict woman but she was at the same time super nurturing and I just remember I really like gravitated toward her. I think she really, um, appearance wise, she really reminded me of my grandmother, Mm -hmm. who's really important in my life. She was a safe place for me always. And um, I think she really reminded me of her. Mm -hmm. So I felt good being there. Yeah. 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 Felt familiar. I think it's funny how um, those early childhood teachers really make an impact, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. whether or not they were good or bad, you know, or, you know, those memories, they're just always there for some reason, you know, even if they're hazy. Uh, But teachers make such a difference. They really do. They really do. Good or bad. Mm -hmm. You're right. Mm -hmm. And at that young age, it's like, could screw you up for life or set you up for life, you know? <laughs> that's true. Um, but yeah, that's awesome that you had a, a wonderful teacher yeah, and that's she was part great. of that good vibes that you get from walking in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys always, did you, for middle school and such, did you stay in that Point Furman area? No, we we moved kind of towards where your parents are um, as I got older. So we went from Point Furman area to 10th Street, 10th and Mesa, 
and then over to across the street from Cooper School, which mm. is now something else. I can't remember, but across the street from Dom and Pam Costa. Mm. So I grew up across the street from them. Um, they moved in when I was a teenager. Um, this is uh, Coach Dom. Yes, yes. I Coach just Dom. now know, I now yeah. know who he yeah. is. He's so, the sweetest guy ever. No, he's great. He's great. He's so positive. He really, really is a, a wonderful mentor for a lot of kids here in town. So I don't know if you know this, but I had them both on the podcast. Oh, you did? Yes. Great. I had um, I had them on together um, when there was like an honorary mayor, mm, yeah, kind yeah, of like a yeah. campaign, right? And um, Pam was going up for mm-hmm. honorary mayor, and there was like five other candidates. Um, so I think I had each one of them on, and he, I love them. They were absolute <laughs> couples goals. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, but... Dom, Dom Costa, um, coach, I call him coach too. He's never been, he's never been my coach, (laughs) right? He's, I call him coach. Um, he, from the very beginning, like ever since then has been like such a big promoter of the podcast, Mm -hmm. always Mm -hmm. shouting out on social media. So shout out to you, Dom. Dom, We do. (laughs) Um, I think your first time, Jessica, meeting him was at the party, right? At the relaunch party. It was. And he just came up and he says, Hey, you're one of the podcast girls. He's like, I love what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. And like fist bump and. And I was just like, who is this gem of a person? It's yeah. so nice. And yeah, and yeah. his wife is the same. Like yeah. she's incredible, incredible woman doing so many things. Yeah, they're now. fantastic and they're so supportive of each other, which is really, like you said, couples goals. Yes. And their kids are amazing. I, I oh. you know, um, so smart. Their kids are so smart, so talented. Mm-hmm. Their daughter is a writer and a teacher, and their son Jacob is um he's a therapist and he's just amazing, is oh, doing wow. a lot for LGBTQ um, youth and um, just people in general. That's incredible. They're really great. When I first interviewed them, I was like, I love their story. Yeah. Oh, I have to listen to the episode. I guess from an early, I guess from the very beginning, I was getting in everybody's business asking how they met their, you know, significant other because it's kind of what I started doing now again. Um, But yeah. So, um, growing up, what was your interest in? I mean, what were you gravitating towards? Like kind of like in school or well, university, if you will. Honest answer. Yeah. When I was eight years old, I remember I can see myself now sitting against the wall in my bedroom on 10th Street, and I was sketching like in a little art book that I had, and I remember drawing this female figure, and I drew her pregnant belly, and I remember the the it was like a light bulb moment. I wanted to be a mom. That is what I've always wanted to do. And I never really had any, I, I can remember feeling as a teenager, like all oh, my friends, they have direction. They know what they want to do. They want to go to law school. They want to be a doctor. They want to be a nurse. I never really saw myself doing anything else. Yeah. Not that I'm afraid to work. I've worked since I was 14 years old, but um to you, it, that was your calling. That was what I needed to be. And I, I think that that was uh, um, very much for me as well, mm-hmm. um, knowing that I would do things a lot differently mm-hmm. or try to do things a well, lot differently. I absolutely love that you aspired to be a mother because mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, you know, I mean, any being a mom is so everyday part of life, but Mm. I don't think we realize what a mom actually does. And they are the ones shaping literally our future. Like our, the children are the future, you know, they are shaping us into 
amazing human beings or like terrible human beings, you know, I mean, mothers have such an incredible impact. So I think that more people should aspire to be a mom, you know, Um, because it's an incredible privilege and it is something that I think society needs to kind of hold in more reverence. Regard. Yeah, sure. Something that has always bothered me is hearing other women talk about you know, it just in passing, if I'm, you know, passing somebody and they're having coffee or whether, you know, oh, she's just a mom. Oh, and yeah. that drives me bonkers because what does that mean? We, we, Kelly, we don't aspire, get me started. No, don't we aspire get me started. to <laughs> be everything and be perfect for everybody. Mm-hmm. And just a mom is not okay. Yeah. Somehow we have learned, I think women are really guilty of this. We're guilty of this with each other and judging, you know, she doesn't do anything outside the humble. What do you do? Well, what do you do for work? Well, what do you mean what I do for work? I'm working 24, seven, three, six, five, if not more, because I want to make sure that I'm helping these little humans to, you know, be well adjusted and balanced and find happiness and deal with emotions and all of these things and dealing with school. And we get caught up in, we need to be more than just a mom. Right, right. I think that's so on point about how much in the society we identify people based off of what their career, their job, right. their title, right. their, you know, and so often it's like, that's not who you are as a person. And right. like, You're whereas like, with how I survive. Right. Yeah, really. that's mm-hmm. exactly. And like, but then also as a mom, though, that is a identifying like, you know, title that is held with reverence. And like, there's so many moms that this is their life, you know, and it's beyond the impact of any job or career that you could have because you're really raising and And you're never really off duty. No, you're not. And I think it comes down to money is on call. Right. You are always on call. Right. We never get to be off call. You know what I mean? And we base our worth off of a paycheck Mm -hmm. that we're not getting Mm -hmm. and, and, and other people, other women in our lives, other moms in our lives who, who do both. And that's wonderful. If, if you can handle both, great. I am so supportive of that. I know so many women, friends of mine that, you know, have, are single moms or, you know, working moms. They've got four or five kids and they're doing all the things. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think we need to be a little bit more um, supportive of each other in that decision to stay home. That was a, a decision that my husband and I made together. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mother. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be there for them. I didn't want somebody else raising my kids. Mm-hmm. Not saying that that doesn't work for other families. That's fine for other families, and I'll always support that. Mm-hmm. But for me, knowing what I know now as an adult, I really needed someone at home for me. Mm-hmm. And I really, I wanted to be there. Yeah. And and I'm really, really lucky that I've been able to be there all this time for them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're 20 and 21 now. That's incredible. I've been working full time, you know, pretty much since I had my son, you mm-hmm. know, I took maternity leave and then I went right back to work. Right. And then the pandemic was really a forced a forced break. Right. And I can't tell you how much I enjoyed being with him. And, and I think how that impacted him 
his development went straight through the roof. You know, he wasn't doing certain developments, you know, they, I get emails from whatever app I was, whatever, but they tell you where, you know, kind of where your kid should be at. And I felt like he was behind. Mm. As soon as I started spending more time with him, he was really getting to those development stages, you know? And, um, I think that has a lot to do with confidence and having a safe place to be confident and make mistakes and Mm -hmm. do all that. Right. Mothers do so much. And I think you're totally right about, um, the regard and respect that we need to have for mothers and, yeah, I could go on forever. Right. I could really go on forever. There's a lot of pet peeves around this. <laughs> or just people are like, oh, I hate children. You know what I mean? Right. You were well, you were a child. Yeah. Also, you know, I just feel like you know, you wouldn't say that about any other human being, you know, whatever. They oh, well, were. I think the, 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 the thing that I appreciate the most of what you've just shared is like that it was for you, it was always a conscientious choice mm-hmm. and something right. that you intentionally wanted to be present yes. and be there. And Very that so. is in like with any endeavor is something that is beautiful when you can go with such intention, yeah. you know, right. and yeah. be present right. for that. Right. And I think that's, that's beautiful. Like more, you know, mm-hmm. and it is something must be amazing. <laughs> I know. Well, it, I, I think they're pretty amazing yeah. myself. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I just feel like if, if, more people, you know, they can inspire to everything. I've always been down to be a mom, like mm-hmm. bef- way too soon, way with the wrong person. I didn't care. I was always down to be a mom too. But I also have friends who are like, nope, I'm not going to be a mom. And I think is to each their own and mm-hmm. not everybody is cut out for it in, in a sense. Um, but yeah, moms, moms do a lot. They do everything. Yeah, they do everything. <laughs> Sometimes um, too much, but Hey, we, we learn as we go. Right. Yeah. And to your point, I feel like, you know, we've evolved so much from just like only women can be in the kitchen and raising kids. Right. We're talking like in the, in the fifties and like gender that's, roles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The gender roles. So we got out of that by, you know, saying like, that's not all I can do. I can do this. I can do that. You know? And now we're very much into this like hustle culture where we have to have all these other things that we're doing. Um, but yeah, being a mom is something that is incredibly valuable to our all, Mm. like all of society. If we all took the time to be the parents, not just a mom, but the parents that our kids deserve, how much better off would our society be? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's amazing. I love that you aspired to be that. Yeah, I, that's a very vivid memory for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as far as, you know, professionally, where did you end up in like fields? Um, I worked in the medical field for years, um, assisting physicians with minor surgeries and things like that. Um, I was a preschool teacher for quite a long time. My very first job, this is going to tell you how old I am, was at Safeway, which is now Vaughn's on 13th and Gaffey, Mm -hmm. but it was Safeway then. And I started there when I was about 14 and a half years old, Um, you know, as a I guess they called a courtesy clerk, you know, bagging groceries. And then I moved up to the produce department. I really loved that job. Going into the grocery store very early in the morning, you know, you smell the bread baking and the coffee's going. Mm. It's just kind of cozy in there. No one's in there yet. And I, I loved that. I loved my first job. And of course, you know, that $170 every two weeks was like, oh, For a rich. Kid. <laughs> oh <my God>. yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That is so, so cool. Yeah. yeah. And then from, was it through, you, you mentioned um, physician's assistant, is mm-hmm. that right? Like mm-hmm. a PA? Yeah. Was that through something you had decided in college that you were going to pursue or somewhere? I went to a trade school in or a trade school. Um, I think it was, 
it's called Scrock Southern California Regional yes. Occupational mm-hmm. Center. Shout out to Scrock mm-hmm. um, and uh, Mrs. Hecht. She was the greatest teacher. Um, I loved that. I love venipuncture, so I love drawing blood. Everybody thinks I'm crazy for saying that, but I love injections and I love venipuncture. That was such a fun thing for me to do. That is so cool. (laughs) And I and I really I loved that. And then you know when I got married, we decided I was going to stay home with the kids and Mm -hmm. and do the most important work of all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Had to put, throw that in there. <laughs> so throughout all that time, were you always in Pedro? Yeah, I've never left San Pedro. We've we've always lived here. My husband and I have been married twenty seven years. April was twenty seven years. Mm-hmm. And, no, I'm sorry, twenty five years. We've been together twenty seven. <laughs> and um, yeah, we've always lived in town. We started out on Thirteenth and Averill, and then we moved to Ninth Street, and now we're you know over in Whiskey Flats, but. Um, Did you have your wedding photos taken at Averill Park? No, we got married. <laughs> That's the thing, right? by the way. Oh, oh is yeah, it? Quinceanera <laughs> photos. Yes. And wedding photos at Averill Park is <laughs> a thing. <laughs> it is a thing. It's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we got married at Fort MacArthur, and mm-hmm. it was a beautiful. It was a beautiful day um, in April, and we had wonderful weather, and we took all our photos there, and. Yeah. This is, um, Fort MacArthur is the one near Point Furman, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's like up or Korean friendship across from Whiskey Flats. Oh, it's near the beach by Cabrillo Beach. Oh, okay. Okay. Literally the barbecue place right across. Mm -hmm. It's that long wall. Yeah. Inside that like area. Yes. So is that a naval base or is there like a base nearby or no? I think it's, it, no, it is. People live there. It's an, we hear, we hear taps every day at 430. That's where the taps yeah. from. I loved listening to that yeah. when I lived right there. I always know what time it is. I always know it's nine o'clock. It's my bedtime. I know, you know, when the horns start going. <laughs> so, um, part of the getting old, you know, in bed by nine and up by 5am. <laughs> but, um, we're there. I'm there. Yeah. I'm there. I was going to say, I think I'm there already. Well, I'm a night owl, but I still want to be home by nine. Yes. I yeah. want to be in my comfortable PJs by nine. I don't want to go nowhere. <laughs> Me either. Yeah. <laughs> How lovely. That's nice. I love all of the pictures you're painting of Pedro growing up. You know what I mean? All of the good sound, like the good vibes that you get, you know, from the grocery store, from your school, and then yeah. even from just the area and hearing tabs. I think that a lot of pe- that resonates with a lot of people, and it's a lot of good vibes. For me, I love thinking of that, like being in my own studio. Overlook, there was I was lucky enough to have a window, and I overlooked kind of Fort MacArthur and hearing those sounds. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really you know I feel very lucky to be in this new space, and um, there was a you know an extra space detached from the house that we said. We're going to turn this into our workshop because we started the business at the old house right mm-hmm. at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my my youngest daughter was, she graduated high school in 2020, and they were the group that didn't get the graduation or the prom oh, no. or the grad night or anything like that. And I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's really You know, I, I, those kids have made it through a lot. The, the kids this the past two years, they two, have been three resilient. years have been really, really resilient. But... Um, so, yeah, that brings me to, you know, how did Common Soul Collective begin? Well, you know, both of my daughters were home where we were terrified because nobody knew anything and we're hearing stay in the house, don't go outside and all these horrible things are going to start happening. And 
really, I think the impetus was for me as their mom, seeing my kids kind of really uncertain of what their future held for them and how things were kind of really put on hold. And um, it, it was just a way for me to say, hey, let's do something. We're stuck home together anyway. Um, you know, my oldest daughter is a brilliant artist. Um, she designs all our packaging and all of our artwork for anything that we're doing. And um, she's also a writer. She's writing a book right now. Um, oh my goodness. And then my youngest has always been amazing with photography and social media. And so she did all of that stuff for me, like setting up all our photos for our products. And, um, you know, I just said, hey, let's do this. What are we going to do? What are we going to make? And it wasn't like I said, um, you know, I want to make candles. It, it, you know, there, there's, there was nothing in my life that made me kind of gravitate towards that. But we started thinking about how are we caring for ourselves mm. and then really realizing how important self-care is mm -hmm. and how, especially as women, we kind of, and moms and wives and, you know, whatever we are, we kind of put ourselves on the back burner a lot of the time. And I mean, let's be honest, most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a way to get busy and um, feel good about something that we could do together and possibly have something to pass down to them when I'm, you know, doing something else or no longer around. Um just a way to kind of work together and see if we could and see if we could combine our skills and talents. Mm -hmm. And I've always been very crafty. My mom was an artist and um, it just kind of came naturally. And my, my therapist one day says, well, what are you going to do? And I said, shout out to Steve Taus hey. <laughs> at Coastwise Counseling Center. Oh, we um, love therapy. We love therapy. Shout outs. Shout outs. <laughs> yes. Any um, So, you know, he said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know. You know, maybe a little bit of everything. We were thinking home decor and, you know, made wreaths and macrame and, you know, dream catchers and things for years. And um, never really started a business with that, but kind of just put them online and people would buy them here and there. And. He goes, no, no, no. What are you going to do? <laughs> and I said, well, I don't know yet. He goes, you got to decide right now. And I, he goes, how are you taking care of yourself? And I said, well, I, I don't know. I get, you know, the best I can. He's like, well, what do you do to take care of yourself? And I, you know, I, I love water. Water is very healing for me. I was like, you know, maybe I shower. I take a bubble bath. Well, how can you make your bubble bath better? And he just kept kind of pulling oh, it on me yes. and I said okay we're gonna freaking make candles and bath bombs oh so, my gosh so it was born out of like him yeah searching within you like yeah. what really gives you life or like right. you know gives right. you self-care yeah oh my goodness so I, I do owe it a lot to him you know um, well I love that you kind of like took a look around the room you know when the pandemic came and you're mm. like I have these amazing talented girls you know we there are things we can do there's all this concern. Let's not only, you know, distract ourselves right. with something productive, right. but like you leaned into self-care, you know, and mm. you really took a look at what that means. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's part of your brand now. It's like part of your ethos, you know, right. self-care. Self right. 
Hey guys, it's Jess here. Um, I wanted to remind you guys that we have our Patreon available. So if you'd love to support the podcast, you can find out more at patreon.com slash hello San Pedro. In this week's episode, Amanda and I dive into what it takes to do self-care and how we remember how much we would take care of ourselves when we were younger and what that may look like now that we're older. And so if you'd like to find out some tips or hear about our self-care ideas, you can definitely take a listen at patreon.com slash hello San Pedro. Can you describe what exactly aromatherapy means? Because well, I always see it on products, but I never really know exactly what it means. I'll, I'll try my best because I'm not an expert. <laughs> um, from what I understand, this is scientific. Um, there are studies that show that certain fragrances, um, we all know about essential oils. We've got someone in our lives who's selling doTERRA or, or Young Living or something, right? Um, we know that certain fragrances can lift our mood. They can relax us. They have therapeutic properties to them. So we took that and we started with 100% essential oils only. <laughs> and we quickly found out it's very difficult to make, produce a candle with just um, essential oils. They kind of burn off very quickly. You don't get a very, what, what's called a hot throw when your candle is lit and you've got that pool of melted wax. You don't get a lot of fragrance. Um, so I was very, very lucky to find a few companies that, um, mix fragrances that are non-toxic mm -hmm. and so we started to use those and we still add in essential oils but we combine them with the non-toxic uh, fragrance products that we use mm -hmm. so um you know a lot of people oh i i have lavender you know bubble bath or and those things very much so are therapeutic they relax our mind our body our spirit um, they can calm us, you know, citrus can energize us mm -hmm. and, you know, uplift our mood. And so we just really became kind of interested in how we could put those different things together and see, yeah. and, you know, and the different oils that you use for an emollients that you use, like we use cocoa butter and a lot of things. And um, what is how it, I've heard of that term before emollients, but well, I don't know what something that's moisturizing for your oh, skin. Right. Yeah. So, you know, cocoa butter, um, olive oil, just uh, almond oil, so many different mm -hmm. things that we were trying to combine to make a great product. Mm -hmm. Um, we use, you know, organic ingredients. We 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 care about the environment, so we we also try to use, you know, post consumer packaging and paper goods and plastics and things like that and um, recycled products. Right. Oh, this this reminds me in a in a way with because um, I really like home decor things, um, but about paint colors. Mm. Like a lot of it is also based yes. off of like how it can you know either energize you or calm you, and that's why like green rooms exist is that they right. actually were painted green to like calm people that's, before. That's very true. In fact, in therapy today, we were just talking about we do a lot of color and light therapy. And it's very, very true. Um, there's um, a few different modalities of therapy that uh, can be used nowadays with color and light. And, you know, sometimes he'll have me staring at this poster and tell me, where do you feel this in your body? And it, it's interesting because as I learn more about it, I know that those colors and where it's resonating in my actual body 
our my chakras are going, hey, we need to work on this or we need to work on that. Um, so it's very interesting. So wherever you feel it, that's mm-hmm. where we need to work on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's very, it's connected to, mm-hmm. you know, different things that are stored in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So. So this started with after that session with your therapist and you were realizing like, oh, like, you know, I enjoy baths and that's maybe an area in which we can focus on to create a product for that. Um, so did it start with the bath bombs and then candles or started with the candles the candles first and I'm, I'm a candle person. I always have been. I love candles. They don't have, didn't have to be fragranced for me. I just like the mood, mm-hmm. the um, the light, it's beautiful. But, um, yeah, we started that. And I, again, I think it was, you know, like I said, my therapist really, making me pinpoint what we were going to do. You know, he's saying, oh, not everybody's going to buy a wreath, but everybody will walk by you and buy a candle. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think for him, too, it was really about helping me find Kelly again because I think, you know, like we were talking about before, being a mom, you know, or in a wife, we we put ourselves last a lot of the time and we can end up building resentments and frustration and you know we're burnt out you can lose yourself yeah all of the all of the to-dos yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. so that was it and we just we just started really slow we started out using um 100 recycled spanish glass and um that was very important because we wanted to make sure that we were helping mother earth and um, then all of a sudden we couldn't get that anymore because oh. everyone in the world started making candles during the pandemic. Nice. So, um, you know, we've, we've switched our packaging a few times, but I think we're, we're kind of settled into this now. It's kind of our vibe. Yeah. So, um, so can you go into a couple of the, yeah, I was going to say, well, I'd love to get a list of everything that you offer, you know, kind of like a bullet pointed list of all of your offerings and it doesn't have to be every single thing. <laughs> um, and then I want you to go through this box and do like a little, uh, you know, unboxing for us. Okay. <laughs> um, well we do, we do candles. We, we use a blend of, um, sustainable beeswax and sustainable coconut wax. We switched from soy because we found that that was not going to be as sustainable. Mm. So, and then we found with the coconut and beeswax combination, we have a little bit of a harder candle, which gives a really good mm. um, fragrance throw when it's mm. when it's not lit and when it's lit. Mm. Um, so we started with the candles, and then um, we were just doing that, and then. I met Melissa, mm-hmm. and we were talking, and then I, I liked her so much right away. We really clicked right away, and I kind of felt like, oh, I can't make candles too because I want this person to be my friend, and we can't be competing with each other. And it just never was like that. That was all me. That was not on her end at all. And so I was finding ways to be able to continue this you know, friendship because we we really clicked. We just get along so well, and I wanted to be able to do pop ups with her, mm-hmm. and we started to add other products so that diversify it, your yeah, product line. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. Um, you know, and then I've been introduced to to people. Just that we we would have sometimes pop ups in my driveway on Ninth Street, and I ended up meeting Melissa's husband's aunt Cheryl Lapinta. Who is an amazing lady, and she does a fundraiser every year at Michael's um, 
Tuscany room. Mm -hmm. And so we were set to do that last year. And she said, I already have a I didn't know it was her. I didn't know they knew each other right away. And she said, I already have a candle girl. And in my mind, I go, I wonder if it's Melissa. Mm -hmm. She goes, but I don't have a soap girl. Do you do soap? And I said, we do because I had previously done soap, you know, a few years ago. Mm -hmm. So, um, just started you know, kind of adding different products. We did soap and we did some all-purpose uh, detergents and we did, um, you know, some room sprays and some body oils and, and things like that just to kind of have, you know... I love that. I mean, I, I get it because I think it's only natural to kind of have the concern about like comp competing, but I love that you guys can both exist in the same right, world, right. In the same town and continue to do your things. And I feel like your products are still very different. They're you know? very, very different. The brands yeah. are different. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I love that it's not like a, a headbutting yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, and I just wish more people would, 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 be be like that you know yeah i think like, that there's don't see people as competition you know, right we can exist right. in the same world yeah right. yeah well you know one thing i told her too and i and i think i was really telling myself that because you know i've always kind of had a really great idea and then maybe went oh no i can't do that because of my inner whatever it is right mm -hmm. so you know we have those tapes playing where you're not good enough and you can't do it and no one's going to buy a candle from you and why would you think anybody Imposter wants that syndrome right, and, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um it was just really great to know that there was room at the table for everybody yes. you know if you think about thanksgiving dinner or family dinner and you have a potluck everybody's bringing something and there's something for everyone. Yeah. So that was really important. Mm -hmm. And, um, I just, I love that we've been able to exist in the same space. Like yeah. I think that there's definitely room for everyone and the, the differences in your products and also just like, there's so many people here. I feel like there's right. a lot to, right. a lot of love to share and yeah. go around. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just so Im Im impressed. I've got to say, I think, you know, just talking to people at, you know, the, the relaunch party or at different pop-ups that we've worked at, um, meeting, and I'm, I'm going to say women, but there's certainly men too, shout out to the men, but these women, I am so proud to know, and I am so impressed with us, with you guys, like jumping in and doing this and everybody taking a chance on themselves. That's huge. Just to say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to stand out here on the sledge and say, look at me, here's what I'm doing. And yeah, you know, believe in yourself and, and, and do it. I, I, uh, I'm just so impressed That's with, how we with everyone I've met. Yeah, I feel like that's how we feel about all of you, like all of the vendors that we are meeting, all the creators that have come up recently is that like it's just so Im impressive. It's so inspiring. Yeah. That's why we originally wanted to have, you know, vendors at the party because we wanted to highlight them and like this awesome thing that popped up during the pandemic, you know people were either like not able to work full time or had to right. step away from their jobs for childcare purposes and you know, they just turned into themselves and started, you know, yeah. started going, I going at it, it making felt beautiful like a, things. a real reset for everybody. It, it really did. And I hope we're going to continue with that. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. 
Well, I brought the box that you okay. gifted. So can I just say this was sure. so incredibly generous of oh, you. Yes. Honestly, everything in this box is You're like, so welcome. I am. I cannot. Well, first of all, I kept it like this because I wasn't, I didn't want to use anything improperly. Okay. Please kindly <laughs> sure, let's see. educate let's us on the amazing the products of this box. So okay. So this first is some, describe the box. Okay. So this is a box that we did for Mother's Day and we were thinking, you know, what, what can we get our moms? Like, what do, what do moms want, right? We wanted to make it easy for, for spouses and, you know. It is the most beautiful gift. <laughs> it's, it's a nice gift. So we did a little vintage um, yes. amber glass. So I put that together base. and I was like, this is gorgeous. <laughs> And I can't wait to do, I want to do a whole setup in my bathroom, but I brought it here because okay. I wanted to ask you. So we just did a little dried, um, I'm going to call it a boho bundle, <laughs> dried flowers. This soap, this is the moon dust scent, which. Oh, that's, um, it says it on there. Yeah. Okay. So we, this was one of our first soaps that we made and we called it Saluna. And it's not this exact scent, but it's very close. It's um, a lot of amber and sugar and musk, and it's very soft and powdery, and it's one of my favorites. So people lost their minds online over this thing. So wow. I could not believe it. It made me feel so what happy. Was, what was the feedback? I just think it, the sun and the moon and Love us it. calling it Saluna and... Shortly after that, um, someone opened up a, a shop here in town called Saluna, and um, mm -hmm. it, it just, it I don't know, people loved the moon and the sun, and I yes. think, you know, everybody's kind of getting into their spirituality, mm -hmm. and, and I think that was I'm kind guilty of, a, of that, a, for sure. Right, yeah. <laughs> a cute little thing. Yeah. Um, people loved that soap, and they lost their minds, so we knew that that was going to be a great seller for us. This sells out almost every pop-up. Oh, my goodness. So... Um, that's a coconut, um, coconut milk, honey, donkey milk in this soap, wow. and goat milk in this soap. Wow. No toxins or anything like that. Very moisturizing. Very moisturizing. This is a sugar scrub okay. for the body. I knew it was a scrub, and I was yes. like, what kind of scrub? Can I smell so it now? It's okay. so amazing. I love that scent. I, oh, my gosh. Yeah. I did put my fingers in it, and I was like, this feels amazing. It, oh. It's so good in the shower. I, I, I've always been... A, a scrub person. Mm -hmm. I love that. I probably do it way too much. Mm -hmm. I'm an exfoliator. Yes, I, yes. <laughs> mm -hmm. I get all the rough textures. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's sweet, but it's also tropical, like yeah. a little hint of tropical. Yeah. And oh, I don't want to drop any. Oh, it smells so good. Oh. Very moisturizing again. So it has a little almond oil in here, and you know you. I use it in the shower, in the bath, and you get out and you feel like, oh, I've, I'm a little bit greasy. But once you use your towel and dry off, it's just your skin feels so, so nice and, and smells so good. So all the fragrance, every product in this box is the same fragrance. So oh, then okay. we did um, a moon dust bath bomb, which is your typical bath bomb. It's, you know, baking soda and cornstarch. And we've actually used started using um, a rice starch flour mm -hmm. as well for people who don't want corn. Um, same thing. And that's, that really honestly is good for two baths. <laughs> so, and then this, I've used it, but I don't know if I use it right. This is the room spray. Okay. So this is like a pillow spray. Um, you know, you can spray it in your hair. You can spray it on your body, spray it on your clothes. I spray it everywhere. Okay. So it's really all purpose. Yes, it's all purpose. I wouldn't use it on my face. It might yeah. irritate your skin a little bit, but I always put it in my hair. In fact, I want to spray myself right now. But, I think I then, did use it on myself, like in my arms. And I was like, this smells amazing. 
And I would just smell myself, isn't it? This is one of my favorites. This is a dry oil spray for your skin. Um, Again, I don't use it on my face, but you can put this in your hair. Maybe if you have drier hair, um, it's moisturizing. I love it on my skin. I love a dry oil because it gives you that moisture, but you don't look greasy and you yes. can, it, the scent is lingering. Yeah. I really like, I love it. So, yeah. mm-hmm. so we did that. So we did, you know, we had a candle in here as well. I don't know. <laughs> There's no candle. So we did a nine ounce candle, the sugar scrub, the spray, the oil, the little floral arrangement, bath bomb and a soap. And people bought those up. That's a great, really really excited about. That's a great gift to anyone, including myself. Hint, hint. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, that's a great package. I'm obsessed with the oil, but now I'm curious what the scent is because I think it's different. Yeah, we did three different fragrances. We did a lavender, traditional like a French lavender smell. We did this moon dust, which is kind of a soft, powdery musk, I'd say. And then we did one called um, eau de mer, which is like a um, an ocean sea mist kind of a fragrance. And you have the lavender. The lavender. Yes. Yeah. It smells amazing. I've been using I'm this so oil like all summer. Oil as well, mm-hmm. Right. So this can be used kind of like on the skin mm-hmm. or in, the, yes. um, in your hair. Yeah. I feel like I would really love it in my hair. I spray it on after the shower when I'm still wet and then, you know, right. yeah. Yeah. I've been using that after mm-hmm. every shower and just putting it on. It's like my summer fragrance yeah. oil in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like moisturizing. I feel like I um, am not just now kind of getting into self-care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm just now getting into the things that are like good for me and, you know, good for my soul and my mind. And, you know, that comes with a lot of different things like that setting boundaries, which we talked about earlier. But also like these products, they feel, they feel, how do I say this? Sometimes it feels like unnecessary, but what it does for you when you use them is, is a lot. The impact is a lot, you know, right. when I think- you're using oils and you're, you're feeling, you're smelling good and there is this relaxation that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's something that I just discovered. It's like, oh, I don't need that. You know, like I don't need all the perfumes. I don't need it. Like, you know. But then when you use it, it makes you feel important. Well, why shouldn't you treat yourself mm-hmm. the way that you treat, say, your mom or your sister or your husband or your child? We should treat ourselves as well as we treat the next person. You know, I, I would I would venture to say we're probably the most important person that we know because we we need to take care of ourselves. And we hear it all the time. It's cliche now, but we have to take care of ourselves so that we can be the best for everybody else. I I know that I put everybody else first for so long that I ended up really losing myself. And especially after my, you know, I lost my mom about seven years ago, almost eight years ago. And, you know, 43, very young. You're never old enough to lose your mom, but... um, you know, you, you give so much of yourself away. And I, I saw my mom full of regret and, and oh, what's the frustration and just feeling like she didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that carried over into the way that she parented myself and my siblings and 
you know, we saw her always on the go, go, go. You know, we we really need to be a boss babe nowadays, and mm. we've got to do it all. And, mm-hmm. you know, we give it all away, and then there's nothing left. You know, you, you think about a bucket sitting next to you, and people come by with their little cup, and they keep scooping, you know, scooping mm-hmm. a cup of water out. And eventually, at the end of the day, you look in there, and there's a drop. Right. That's not enough to sustain you. Mm-hmm. So I think when we can really take time. Ritual is very important. I don't know what you ladies do in the morning when you wake up, but first thing I do is really kind of focus my breath. I stretch. I make myself some tea. I kind of do the same thing every morning to kind of ground myself now, whereas I used to just pop out of bed and go, 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 and got to get the kids to school, and are the lunches made, and where do you have to volunteer today, and what are you doing for Girl Mm -hmm. Scouts, and there's nothing left at the end of the day for you, and you're just exhausted. If you're exhausted, you don't have anything to give to anybody else. And you've got these little faces (laughs) looking up at you going, you know, can we read a book or play Polly Pockets, and you're like... I don't want to play Polly Pockets, but you do it. And then, you know, you end up feeling like, what is there for me? You know, who takes care of you? And you have to be the one. This is very, very much resonating with me. Yeah. And I was going to say for me, I think um, I don't have a ritual. I've always been someone who tries to chase after a routine because I know how good it is Mm. for you. Um, but the one thing I'll say about self-care products and like having something that's tangible that really forces you to set time aside, whether it's like you're going to take a bath because you're going to use your new bath bomb or you're going to apply this, you know, oil all over your body. It's an opportunity for me. It's a tangible physical opportunity for me. I really like what you're saying. To yeah. like mm-hmm, exactly. um, reconnect with myself. Because yes. mm-hmm. yes. so often sometimes, you, you know, when you're depleted, when yes. you have nothing left, you can't recognize it. And one thing that's for me, and I think we talked about this before, was... I oftentimes can work through and forget to eat, forget to do something that's, you know, so vital, so necessary for your own like longevity for you to like Mm -hmm. refuel and being able to take these moments. Like now I'm forever going to think of your products and see them and be like, Oh, have I checked in with myself? Like, have I, I, you know, like been able to reconnect. So refuel and well, you think about like you say, you know, sometimes you forget to eat or we forget to hydrate. You'd never forget to feed your baby lunch. Right. So I, I think a lot of times, you know, I'm 51 now we start to kind of reparent ourselves Mm -hmm. either, you know, through our kids or, we recognize, wait a minute, I'm also important and I can't be the best for them if I'm not the best for me first. You know, like when you're in an airplane, what is the the first thing that the stewardess tells you when that oxygen mask drops, you put it on yourself first before you help the person next to you. Because what good are you if you're passed out? Right, you know what I mean? right, right. Um, so much of what you're saying is resonating with me. for our episode follow us for more on instagram at hello sp podcast huge thanks to rock ashfields at palm realty boutique for providing us such a gorgeous recording space and thank you to all of our amazing patreon supporters leave us a review and share this episode with your friends neighbors and coworkers. see you next week